But then that doesn't that make me a wuss? <laughs> no. That's Ricky Gates. He's today's Mountain Meister, and he'll try to convince me that I'm not a wuss. Ricky's an ultra runner, he's a writer, photographer, and he's an adventurer. That's the topic of today's episode, adventure. Adventure has taken Ricky all over the place, including the Copper Canyons of northern Mexico. You know, be faced with drug lords and and uh, volatile characters. He's ridden his motorcycle to just about every point in the Western Hemisphere. You know, that's part of, of the job that I've taken on. But it's not the what part of the adventures that we'll be examining today. It's the why. I'm Ben Shank. You're listening to Mountain Meister. Meister fans, before we get to Ricky Gates, there's an opportunity upon which somebody needs to capitalize, and that's a summit for someone climb to benefit big city mountaineers. It's a wonderful opportunity. You can go on an adventure and raise money for a great cause in the process. I did it last year on Mount Langley, doing it again this summer on Mount Hood. You can even join me on my climb, or if you have a different dream peak like Mount Rainier, Mount Kilimanjaro, those are available too. Big Agnes is hooking you up with a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad. Osprey is giving you a Kestrel 48-liter pack, and Mountainmeister is giving you $100 off. Shoot me an email, ben at mtnmeister.com, if you're interested in capitalizing on this. Uh, and what are you – I said you were living a vagabond-ish lifestyle. What are you doing in Wisconsin and how long are you there for? So my girlfriend Liz and I, we moved here about a year and a half ago. She got into the University of Wisconsin's uh, MFA program, their Master's of Fine Art program as a sculptor and woodworker. Um, it's a three-year program, so we're about a year and a half in out of the three years. And uh, kind of with the the lifestyle that I live, I'm – more or less able to live uh, wherever I want so long as I can get to an airport or um, or get to my car uh, somewhat reasonably. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I chased Liz here, and uh, um, I'm appreciating the, the challenge of, of living, living somewhere where I uh, – uh, I don't think in, in a million years I would have pictured myself in Wisconsin. There's uh, several foreign countries that I could have seen or sooner seen myself living in. But, uh, yeah, this is a, a completely new and different adventure for me. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to spend today's conversation talking about adventure um, because it, it does seem like it comes very easily to you. And I'm hoping that we can, by the end of this conversation, understand how and why. Not exactly what the adventures are, because people can read about that, and we'll have the links uh, to your writing on the website, but but how and why you adventure. Um, so first off, I guess, am I right? Does adventure come easily to you? I would say that it does, yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like I need to stress that I, in, in, in my mind, adventure can exist in so many different ways. And I think that a lot of people actually take on adventures, and they and they don't even really realize it. They, so I think if if there's an issue with that, it's that people oftentimes see it as uh, a hindrance or an obstacle, and uh, it can oftentimes be 
simply an outlook on 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 what you're doing. So, you, I, give me an example of that because uh, of the adventures that I've seen from you, uh, they're very geographic and physical adventures. Yeah, and I, I'd say this one that I'm on right now, living in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, the the tallest mountain that we have is, uh, um, or at least within a couple hours of us, is is about 600 feet. <laughs> um, and they, they call them mounds and hills, and so I don't think they even uh, use the word mountain out here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, it, it, it's been a little bit of a struggle for me living so far away from, uh, you know, uh, a type of geography that uh, has inspired me for my entire life. And uh, if, if I can kind of change my outlook on it and see it as an adventure and rather than, uh, you know... Um, no oh, bummer! I'm living somewhere where there's no mountains. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe give. What about an example of what's not adventure? Uh, what's not adventure? That's a good question. Um, I, I guess if it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, then it's probably not an adventure. Mm-hmm. I I certainly wouldn't harp on anyone spending their spring break down in Cancun. Um, but if, if you're not really getting out of your comfort zone for it, if you're just going there to, uh, to hang out on the beach and read, uh, which would, which I don't find anything wrong with, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call that an adventure. Do you think that having an adventurous lifestyle is nature or nurture? Hmm. I'd probably say that it's a combination of the two, um, because you certainly see people with, more adventurous lifestyles, uh, geolocated um, in in certain parts of the world, but at the same time, uh, you know, you kind of need uh, people around you or or parents or siblings to uh, to kind of push you in in that certain direction. Absolutely. Did your mom influence you? I saw that she traveled a lot when she was younger. Was that an influence? My mom was certainly a huge influence, uh, pro- quite possibly the biggest influence. Um, so we grew up in just outside of Aspen, Colorado, um, on the the opposite end of the uh, preconceived notion of, of what it is to, to grow up in Aspen, uh, which is to say we didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, we, My mom managed to get us into the Aspen school system, which uh, isn't imperative, but it certainly uh, helped out a lot uh, as far as getting a great education and and uh, having the opportunities to see the world at that time and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but our kind of our family vacations, which uh, my dad was hardworking uh, when, when the family went on vacation, uh, um, he usually stayed home and, and took that time to, to rest. Um, my mom would simply pack the car and, and take us out to Utah or take us to California. Um, and one time we, she took all five kids, uh, four siblings. She took all five of us uh, on the Amtrak to North Carolina and then up to D.C. and then back to Colorado. Um, so, yeah, without really knowing it my, uh, at the time, my mom was hugely influential in that um, in just how she she raised her kids, and then much before that, uh, yeah, she was uh, grew up in the the fifties and sixties and, and hit the road uh, 
mid 1960s uh and spent uh about 6 or 7 years hitchhiking uh across the country wow. uh, going to to one event or the other or kind of just following where her thumb would take her or uh whatever the case would be wow so uh, you said your dad would stay home um why why what well, first of all what are your siblings doing i guess now are they as do they live a similar lifestyle as you um of my four siblings i've got one that's uh definitely living a similar lifestyle probably taking taking it much further than than i am so that's my youngest sister uh-huh. her name is merit uh she's going to be turning 30 in uh in may and she lives in Uganda right now. She's been there for about the past three years. She's lived in Vietnam, Cairo, Buenos Aires, where else? Italy. Um, I'm sure there's uh, Mexico. She's lived in Guadalajara in Mexico. Um, and so, yeah, on, on uh, kind of a superficial level, um, as far as traveling and, and lifestyle, I, I certainly share the most in common with her. Um, but I'd say that I'm equally as, uh, close to, to all of my other siblings. So I've got a, my oldest sister living and working in Aspen, Colorado. Um, my younger brother living and working in Aspen, Colorado. Um, and then my older sister living and working in, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So why do you like this lifestyle so much? What do, what do you like? I mean, you travel around a lot from what I saw, uh, some of it on a motorcycle. I, I think I saw one project you went to Alaska and drove your motorcycle, rode your motorcycle, I should say, to Alaska and just took breaks to run every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's – it's uh, I – I'd like to keep some element of, of travel and adventure in my life at always. Uh, I think it, like I mentioned, I think that it's important for us to put ourselves into situations that make us feel uncomfortable. Um, I think that's how we grow as human beings. Um, I don't necessarily see myself keeping the same pace uh, for the rest of my life with, with this travel. It's something that I see as an opportunity uh, right now while I'm, uh, on the younger side of the spectrum and without a, a ton of responsibilities um, to take advantage of that right now. And I'm, I'm certainly aware that um, the, these sort of adventures that I do are, are not necessarily possible once, once you have a, a more committed lifestyle, uh, family and, and uh, bigger bills to pay and that sort of stuff. How do you identify when that time has come for you? Um, that's a good question. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for right now, I, I'm in a great position, uh, you know, with a, a supportive girlfriend um, and living in a place where I can come and go. And and so I kind of pick and choose my, my travels. And um, certainly at this point in my life, I've, I try to make these adventures that I go on um, a little more directed hmm. or uh, meaningful, uh, if, if at least to me, um, and then ideally to uh, a broader audience beyond. More Mountain Meister with Ricky Gates coming up in a bit, including... And I wouldn't know what to do with, uh, with those $5 million. Would I get to keep all my other memories? But first, 
Let's thank today's sponsor. It's Mountain House. They make delicious home-cooked meals. Right now, I'm holding the chicken and mashed potatoes. And let me tell you, the mashed potatoes are creamy. The chicken is juicy and savory. Now, why is this something that you need to have, besides the fact that it's delicious? It's because Mountain House meals are light. They extract virtually all of the water out of the meal. Then when you're ready to eat, you just add it back in. 3.7 ounces for this one. That's across two servings, which means that if you were to add one pound to your pack, you would have nine servings of food. Try it today. It's an exclusive deal. You can't find it on any other podcast or even on the internet. I looked. 20% off. The secret code for this is at mountainhouse.com slash meister. Mountainhouse.com slash M-E-I-S-T-E-R. The link is also on our website under the deals section. Now, back to our interview with Ricky Gates. I was curious, a lot of these adventure athletes live a life where they can pursue their sport full-time, yet their job is to tell stories and inspire people who may not have the time or the money to do those adventures. Here's Ricky. Yeah, um, finding finding the message in there that I think is uh, – that I can convey to a larger audience mm-hmm. is is probably the biggest – challenge. Um, but at the same time, I think that, uh, you know, we, we learn a lot about ourselves when we go on adventures and, and it doesn't necessarily have all that much to do with where we're going or what we're doing. Uh, it's more a matter of, uh, simply putting ourselves out there and, and being vulnerable. Um, and then, uh, I think there's a large element of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, trying to put together a piece right now about traveling into the Copper Canyon. Um, I rode my motorcycle down there with a friend of mine uh, about a year and a half ago. And, uh, and it's, it's a place that I, you know, I had an amazing time there, but I don't necessarily think that it's uh, a great place for a lot of people to visit. It's, mm. uh, you know, there's a lot of danger down there um, to, to, have the the adventure that I had down there you're you're putting yourself at risk um, I don't necessarily think unnecessarily putting yourself at risk but uh, um, I think that me having the adventure or someone somebody having the adventure and putting that story out there is uh, is sometimes enough for people I don't think that everybody needs to go down to the copper canyon and uh, you know, be faced with drug lords and and uh, volatile characters. Um, I think that's uh, you know that's part of, of of the job that I that I've taken on is to have those adventures, report them to people, and and also kind of keep in mind that you know this is my adventure, uh, whatever it, whatever it is that you're. Uh, stepping outside your comfort zone and then take advantage of that. Right, but it could be very difficult to define the difference between getting outside of your comfort zone and something that you simply just don't like, don't enjoy. What, for an example, right now I am trying so hard, or at least it seems like it, to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I'm running a marathon in uh, in May. And this is the first marathon where I've really, really tried to push my pace and I do sprinting and all this stuff. And that stuff is very uncomfortable for me. 
Uh, but I, I'm not sure if I just don't like pushing pace. I'm starting to think maybe I don't like that. So how do I define the difference between the comfort zone, stepping outside of it, and something that I simply don't enjoy? Yeah. Um, that's a great question, and, and I don't know if I have an answer for it. Uh, um, it's something that I've been thinking about a bit recently when uh, – when, um, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm accused of uh, running coming easier to me than it does for other people. Hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I've wrestled with that notion a bit, and, and, uh, and I've claimed that it, it doesn't necessarily come easier for me than other people, um, that whatever goal we set for ourselves – um, you know, that's as, that's as hard as we need to work and that's how painful it's going to be to, to finally get that goal. Um, and so I think for this example, I think that it's similar. It's, uh, you know, for, for the Boston marathon, it's not enjoyable to, um, you know, to, to go through that suffering, or at least you're saying that right now, but perhaps when you get that time and then you complete <laughs> the Boston marathon, you're like, huh, actually that was worth it. Right. Um, and so I'd say the same for, for adventure as well. I, uh, you know, there, like I said, I think that we all have, um, different ways of stepping outside of our comfort zone. And so, like I said, for me, it's going to the Copper Canyon and, and, uh, and meeting these people and, and getting into trouble down there for other people. It might just be, you know, taking, uh, taking a, a five or six hour drive up to uh, northern Wisconsin to see the, the ice fields in the middle of the wintertime. You know, it's, 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 it's not all that different. It's just a matter of our, our perspective on it. Mm-hmm. It's, I almost look at it as an investment, and I, I'll have to see if this investment pays off because it, I'm investing the, the suffering right now. But if I find that after the marathon it ends up paying off, um, then I guess that would be a, an accurate way to look at it. Yeah, or maybe it doesn't pay off. Right. Think about it. <laughs> and then I just wasted all this time. Yeah. No, I'm sure maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't pay off this year, but maybe it pays off next year. Uh, or, you know, it doesn't pay off this year and, and uh, it just it eats at you so much that next year you decide that, uh, you know, that the, the hard work, and the the pain of of uh, of speed workouts um, is actually worth it. So, uh-huh. right. yeah, it, it's just a matter of keeping everything in perspective. And uh, but then uh, that, doesn't that make me a wuss? <laughs> no. no, I don't think so. I, I mean, yeah, I've uh, yeah. There's there's been countless number of of uh, endeavors that I've set off on or goals that I've uh, set down and and. Uh, and either two days or two workouts or two weeks, whatever it is, uh, put my tail between my legs and, and say, you know, this isn't for me. And, and sometimes they're not. And then other times I, uh, I just, I have this great desire, uh, to, to fulfill that, uh, that goal of mine. Just a, a constant, uh, you have to constantly be analyzing all of these different factors into how you feel and whether you want to move on. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, with all of this traveling, what does your financial situation look like? Um, well, it's uh, it's up and down. Um, there's years when I qualify for for Medicaid, 
and then uh, there's other years where I'm doing quite uh, you know well for a, um, a young professional athlete in a, um, a, a relatively small sport. And, and when you do well, does that money go toward the next adventure? Um, it used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm actually trying to save a little money these days for for whatever reason. Um, Probably, but, but it sounds like a good reason, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so long as I have uh, a plus amount, and not a negative amount of money, then I'm then I consider myself pretty well off. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I've done a pretty good job of avoiding negative for the past few years. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm certainly grateful to uh, Solomon Running. They've uh, kind of stuck by me for – I've been on the team for six or seven years now. And uh, I think at times they're not quite sure what to do with me. Because <laughs> um, I don't necessarily fit into this. I, I mean, the, I've I've come to the point where, you know, I I feel like my contribution is going to be telling stories and trying to speak to to people more on a level that I think they might be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, taking taking your your free time and and telling a story with it. I. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask this question to so many of our guests, uh, but for some reason it's just never come up. I, I want to know if if I told you right now I'd pay you $5 million, but your brain will be wiped of all of your running-related memories, would you do it? Huh. Um, well, probably not, mostly just because I'm not really motivated by money. Mm-hmm. Um. And I wouldn't know what to do with uh, with those five million dollars. Would I get to keep all my other memories? Yes. Huh. Well, I'd have to think about yeah. that. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't just <laughs> shove it away because I'm I'm honestly thinking about that, and I would give up a lot of things. Five million dollars can buy you a lot in this world. Yeah. You know? And you don't have to be. You don't have to just consume, consume, consume with that $5 million, but it does allow you to do a lot of different things. I would say that if I got to keep all of the the lessons that running has taught no, me. No, 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 I don't get to keep No, 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 no. Then, then These are, those are running related. Shell of a human that I, that I was, and, <laughs> and it probably wouldn't be worth it to me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The final part of my interview with Ricky Gates is coming up shortly, right after we thank today's sponsor, Mountain House. Now, you heard before that these meals are perfect to pack because they're so light. Well, they're also perfect to pack out. You can eat the meals right out of the pouch, so you don't even have to carry any dishes. There's nothing like unpacking your bag after a long trip just to find that spoiled food has leaked everywhere and permeated the entire thing. That isn't a problem with Mountain House. They're clean, they're easy, and they are delicious. Try it out. It's a great way to support the podcast and also support one of our supporters. Mountainhouse.com slash M-E-I-S-T-E-R. The link is also on the deal section of our website. Here's an interesting question. Is it possible that the more and more experiences you have, um, 
those experiences become less special. I almost wonder if we have like a certain amount special, right? Everybody has the same amount of special and it has to be allocated in different places. Um, so each place that you visit, as you add one more and one more and one more, you have to allocate that special to different places. Do you agree with that philosophy? Um, I do agree with that philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this is something that I've thought about quite a bit in the past couple of years. Um, I feel very special and I'm very grateful to uh, start receiving invitations to to races and trail running events. Uh, um, one just came in from South Africa, another one from Croatia. And uh, I think that I've gotten to a point, and I mentioned this earlier about needing to think about my story differently than that of others, but uh, just trying not to dilute uh, you know, the stories that I have already, um, you know, I just, I feel like these are things that we feel like we need to do or, or structure for our goals. And then in the end, uh, you know, all of, all of our adventures are starting to, to blend together and and then they kind of start to lose meaning and they turn into this, uh, this muddy Brown of, of all the colors in the watercolor kit mixing together. It's, it's, I guess it's kind of like the, the people that are, uh, you know, I, and I certainly don't have anything against it, but they're in Colorado. We've got all the Colorado 14ers and, uh, and they're, so they're the 54, 56 mountains above 14,000 feet in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And on those mountains, they're incredibly beautiful mountains, but, uh, you go to a mountain that's 13,980 feet, on a beautiful Saturday in, in August and there's not a single person on top of it. (laughs) And then you find a mountain that's 10 feet taller and there's a thousand people on top of it. And so, you know, what are we doing by clicking off one 14 or after another 14 or after another 14 or there's a, there's a term for what you just described there. And I've tried to Google it before and I can't find it. One of these days I'll find it for, um, a situation, uh, the example that I use is like a field goal in football, whereas mm-hmm. as long as you get it through the uprights, it's worth three points. But if you miss by one inch, it's worth zero points. Yeah. And it's that uh, the line, right? You know, you jump over from zero points to three points. It's not like um, a deviation from the center of the field goal and you get like a certain number of points based on how far away you are to exact middle. Yeah. Um, I forget what that term is, though. One of these days, I'll yeah. remember it. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting that it's, uh, you know, it's entirely arbitrary. It's it's completely created by human beings. I, <laughs> just, I think that it's funny that, like, if, if we were on the metric system, you know, there's certain mountains in Colorado uh, and beyond that would uh, be very important to people uh, that aren't right now right. Or, or vice versa. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And and also when you look at running times too, the the yep. sub 3 hour marathon. Yep. It's a difference. It's just one what's the difference between 3 hours and 301? Yep. Yeah. Yep. How cool would it be to tell somebody you ran a sub 3 hour marathon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the disappointment in the person that ran a 301. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> God, that's gone through my mind many times running. Yeah. Like, oh, what if I turn the corner and the clock is at like 259, yeah. 9, <laughs> and I can't get there? Right. <laughs> What's the difference? Chip time. What's that? 
chip time. Yeah, chip time. You got to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe it took me long enough to start that I could yeah. save it. Yeah. Um, very good. So we get a gear recommendation from everybody that comes onto the show. Um, you can do the, do with this whatever you would like. Give us something uh, that we have to have. Man, um, can I pick two? Yeah. All right. Um, the first one, um, and I'm not just plugging this because they're my sponsor, but uh, the Solomon uh, Skin Pack, the Hydration Pack. Mm-hmm. And and whatever whatever your your brand of choice is, I just think that the that's one of the most revolutionary things that's hit our sport in the past uh, ten years, more so than than shoes and other gear, um, is the ability to to run with a very small pack and have all of your essential gear in it. And how much does this hold? Um, they come in different sizes. The smallest one is, is really just for racing. And that one carries, you know, a few gels and some water. Mm -hmm. Um, the size that I like is a five liter one and that carries a a jacket, a phone, um, a pair of gloves, a hat, food, um, pretty much everything that you would need for a full day out in the mountains. And it, uh, stays close to your back that's like the most important thing yeah. i'd imagine like uh, like a monkey on your back all right good, good way to put um, it. second gear second gear is uh uh arguably more important <laughs> um i always try and have some sort of musical instrument with me or near me even on even when i'm running um and they come in all shapes and sizes uh so i've got my my martin guitar sitting right next to me um, I sometimes bring a harmonica or a Jew's harp, uh, on a run. Um, but yeah, guaranteed if you see me in, in the middle of the summertime and I've got my car or I'm near my car, there's, there's usually at least three or four musical instruments in there. And, uh, I think, I think music's about as important as it gets. That's very good. I, I have to be honest, though, Ricky. That is probably way more important to you than it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Those resources on Ricky's Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. One final question for you, Ricky, and that is who would you like to hear next on this show? I'm not sure if you've interviewed uh, Dakota Jones yet. No. Um, but I would probably go with Dakota Jones. Um, yeah, he, I just find Dakota to be one of the more interesting people in our sport. Um, in no way, shape, or form has he allowed um, sponsors or races or media to dictate what he uh, plans on doing with his coming season. Um, he's got a, an amazing uh, background, which uh, he would... I would I would much rather he tell you about than than me, um, and uh, just a genuine great human being. Sounds like a perfect mountain meister, Dakota Jones, on a future episode. Keep an ear out. Uh, you can find out more about Ricky at rickygates.com, at Ricky Gates on social media. You can read and watch videos about his adventures. We'll have the links posted to his Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. I have to ask you, you said that you had your guitar sitting right next to you. Could you play some music for the end of our podcast? Absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. I'm not going to sing though. No, no, that's fine. You don't. Need to. <laughs> well, I'll I'll provide the the audio, the Perfect. vocals. <laughs> All right. 
That's Ricky Gates, adventurer, runner, and musician. If you'd like to run with Ricky, you can do so at Hut Run Hut. It's exactly how it sounds. You run from hut to hut. You enjoy great food and great company. Ricky Lightfoot and Scott Jurek will be joining for the July 18th through 23rd trip. Links to that on our website on Ricky's Meister profile page, mtnmeister.com. We'll also have links to Ricky's writing, videos, and pictures, and also a link to that exclusive deal from our sponsor, Mountain House. As usual, I hope you enjoy doing the rest of whatever else you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. Till next time, I'm your host, Ben Shank, and you've been listening to Mountain Meister. Wonderful. That was great. Oh, that's going to be so perfect. Thank you so much. That's awesome.